Peoples Magic, welcome back to How to Be Queer Podcast. My name is Alex. Hi, Alex. It's Kim. Hi, Kim. My pronouns are she, her. My pronouns are they, them. How are you doing, Alex? I am fucking fantastic right now. Not just fantastic? Fucking fantastic. I love that word, fuck. <laughs> are, are we running a tally today? Uh-huh. We're on number three, <laughs> fuck. Four. <laughs> well, boy, it's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. We got a lot to, to, to dive into today. We do. I'm excited. Um, let's thank our sponsor. You and do the things. Yes. All right. Balls of magic. We are sponsored by youth scene, youth S E E N.org. They are doing incredible work. Oh, uh, go over to their website and hit that donate button. Um, they're doing work to support the LGBTQ QT BIPOC communities and their families and youth and children. Hit the donate button. Hit the donate button. Give them some money. Um, this is also going to be a Colorado Gives Day version, which Ooh. means um, we're recording this on Monday. That's going to come out tonight. And that means when you listen to this tomorrow, because obviously you're all dying to hear what Alex and I have to say, because we haven't been on here for like a month. I know. But we're it, so boring. We are so, well, we're very exciting, <laughs> which is why we haven't been able to sit down with a microphone in front of us in like a month. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow is Colorado Gives Day, or when you're listening to this, it's Colorado Gives Day. So a really great opportunity to go and support youth scene. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. Yes. Thank you. I learned this when my kids were toddlers, that if you thank them before they do something, it's really hard for them not to do it. Oh, I, I, I yeah. So I'm going to say thank you for giving to youth scene for Colorado gives day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make that noise again? <laughs> All right. What you, what you got on your plate today, Kimmy? So here's what's on my plate. I, I first want to apologize to our listeners that we did kind of take a couple weeks off. And one of the reasons that we took a couple weeks off is, um, I just personally, like I'm sure most of our, our listeners, I was absolutely gutted, um, by Avenue or Avenue Q really Kim. That's a, a thing from New York city. Um, it was a Broadway play. It's hysterical. But what I meant to say was, um, club Q. See, we don't edit ourselves here. You, you get all of our mistakes. If anyone would like to edit us, we, I know, right? we, we can't pay. No, I'm just kidding. We can't pay you yet, but we'd <laughs> love to be edited. But I guess maybe part like keeping our mistakes in as part of our, part of our charm. Tuck and roll baby. Okay. So I'm going to tuck and roll this, but I was absolutely gutted by club Q. Me too. And I was finding it very hard to come on a microphone and talk about the world of queerness um, before I think I had had an opportunity to really work through some of what I was feeling about it. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, same. You know, it's so easy to say we're fine. I'm fine, but I you was know, not fine. Yeah, it's, I'm still not. Yeah, I, I'm not either. It's it takes you know when you lose members of of your community, there's there's lots of grief and um things to work through. So I think. Kind of like what I'm hoping that you and I are going to accomplish over this next, you know, period of time that we spend with our listeners is that there's some just f bomb watch. There's some really fucked up shit happening right now, mm-hmm. and a lot of times when this stuff happens, I do kind of feel myself like most people do. You kind of like retreat into your own safety bubble, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, I kind of gather myself, and then I want to come back out because I understand that this is intentional, um, how we are being pushed into fear to stay, um, in a closet, to, to not be out, to not be part of, of 
society and queerness. And like for a little bit, I want to say like, it's not that it works because I'm never going to go, you know, back into a closet, but it works to some extent where like, I am one of those people where I just want to like retreat from the world and like bubble in at home. Um, but the good news is, is that normally when I come back out of that bubble, I'm like, oh, and now I'm going to say and do all the things. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I, I think also because, um, because of my job, because, you know, as our listeners and so many people, I think had reached out to you like over TikTok and stuff, because if you're not in Colorado, if you're not in the state of Colorado and you're just hearing Colorado Springs and, um, club Q, you, you, people were like texting me being like, oh my God, are you and Alex? Okay. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's about an hour, hour and a half from where we live. Um, we did spend that morning trying to find members of the community, making sure that our loved ones were, you know, were physically okay. Then checking in are people mentally okay, which nobody is nobody's mentally okay. Yeah. Um, but for my job, I did go down to the Springs. I worked with a lot of community leaders down there from glad and from one Colorado, um, from inside out. So there are organizations that were, um, you know, on the ground with real grassroots connections to the queer community in Colorado Springs. Um, the most that I could do was offer support, um, an office. We opened up our, our Southern, um, office of public media for organizations to come to. We helped, um, get vigils together, um, sharing of information. I heard a lot of stories about survivors, um, that were there, um, interviews from their hospital beds. It, it was, I, I think I came home that night and I looked at you and I was like, I don't want to ever have to do that again. Mm -hmm. And then recognizing that we live in a world where mass shootings are a weekly event. And mm -hmm. so it's just, it just hit me. I just, I really struggled for a bit there. And I think I still am on some level, but I do feel a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and the reality too, of like, you know, on the day it happened, we talked to our kids about what was going on. And one of them, the first thing they said was, did someone get shot? Right. Because and for our kids, they've been doing shooter drills since they were in kindergarten. Yeah. This is their norm, which is really messed up. Yeah. I think, um, I think like a lot of people too, <laughs> I just feel really hopeless in what it's going to take. Um, and you know, I was talking to my dad about it and I was saying, you know, here's the thing. Like if somebody tells me that their thoughts and prayers are with us, like, I, I really worry that I'm going to turn into like a rabid animal. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> become like just a completely un unhinged I'm just going to become unhinged. I really don't want your thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, what I, what I want is action. And so there's a lot of people that I follow that I think are doing action. And I don't want this to come across as critical of them because God knows they're doing the work that a lot of us don't have the stomach to do and they're doing it. But I was, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I know there's been buyback programs for guns that have been on a very small scale. They've been really successful, but as my, my dad was pointing this factor out to me that we have more guns than people in the United States. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. And those are the ones we know about, right? Like yeah. that's like somewhat of a known number. And so you just, it, it, I think for, I, I just feel hopeless. I feel really hopeless around gun violence in this country. And I'm like, you can't, it's, it's like every five days, so basically what I know now is you can't go to church, you can't go to a synagogue, you can't go to a movie theater, you can't go to a grocery store, you can't go to school, you can't go to a queer club. Like, where the fuck can you go? Mm -hmm. Where can you go? And so for the queer community specifically, 
Um, there's a bunch of shit right now that I'm like, this is really fucked up. We have, you know, what just happened at club Q. And then we have this woman, 303 creative who her, her case has gotten all the way to the Supreme court and the Supreme court is, is tending to pick her religious freedom over, um, service to people. Basically it would allow her to say she wants to create wedding websites, but she doesn't want to do them for religious reasons for the LGBTQ. Yeah. And so she is saying that, you know, Hey, like I should be able to say, I'm not going to service somebody who wants a queer wedding website. (laughs) And so first of all, like, I really, again, I say this all the time. Where's the part in the Bible that says thou shall not create wedding websites for the LGBTQ community? I know it doesn't make any sense to be like, I love everyone except you, (laughs) except you and you and you, because you don't fit my, my mold of who I think should be, who deserves love. And, 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 and to do it in Jesus's name, right? person who's all about love and acceptance. Yeah. So you know what? And here's the thing. I've seen her designs. They kind of suck and no, no gay in their right mind is going to pick her design aesthetic. Anyway, I'm like, girlfriend, don't even worry about it. Your designs suck. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and keep making, you know, whatever it is that you are. Sucks to suck. <laughs> any, any self-respecting queer person who let's face it, we have fabulous taste. We do. We're built on fabulousness and joy. We're not going to you anyway. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I don't want your cakes. I don't want your, your shitty website designs, <laughs> but I really don't want you to normalize that. It's okay to say, Hey, you're queer and I'm not going to serve you. That's mm-hmm. what I don't want. So like, you know, it in any way, but the conservative judges, it's looking like they're going to be siding with her and picking her religious freedom over. And again, it's like, no, you don't have to, you could say a million different ways. Hey, I just don't feel like, you know, I have the right design aesthetic for you. Like you own a business. You do not have to serve everyone. Yeah. But when you base it off of a discriminatory and oppressive practice, that's when it becomes a problem because all you're doing is you're allowing anybody then in a service industry to say, I'm going to wait on you, 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 and not you. And believe me, Alex and I have been to a bar where the bartender refused to serve us. We know how it feels. Mm-hmm. And so let's just, I wish this, this, what this woman would just take her shitty designs and be like, Hey, it's just, you know, not my aesthetic. I'm a small business owner. I get to choose who I'm going to have clientele. Why take it all the way to the fucking Supreme court to say specifically, I don't want to do something for queer people. Yeah. I mean, I have a limited eighth grade education on, on, on religion. (laughs) I was eighth grade dropout at a church, (laughs) but I just don't understand how, um, you know, humans were here before religion. Like, so like, I I just don't, I just don't get it. I think when it comes to religion, what I don't get is doing something in the name of God that is harmful. Yeah. And using blaming it it on God and blaming it on God and then using it to, to do some type of purposeful self-serving thing for yourself. Like that's what I don't get the arrogance. The arrogance. Exactly. The arrogance that you know better or that you've been spoken to by God this, this, yeah, who, whatever we could do. We could do a, a, a lot on the good parts of, because I do think there's really beautiful parts of religion. Um, but religious institutions, it's funny. I have a person in training right now with me and, um, 
he will like mic drop shit about religion. <laughs> and like, in some hands is like being the trainer. I'm like, Oh boy, he really like went there. And then I can see like everyone in the group, be like, get super uncomfortable. I let it fly. Cause I'm like, he has every right to sit here and say what he's saying. Okay. He has absolutely every right in his experience to categorize what, what that's his lived experience. I'm not going to tell him to shut up, Yeah. but boy, do people get uncomfortable. So, you know, I love it. <laughs> I just sit there and I'm like, uh-huh, keep going. Anyway. <laughs> You're the shovel. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but the one, the, we also wanted to talk a little bit about the um, Respect for Marriage Act, which is mm-hmm. is working its way through our legislative processes. Talk about a spot of joy. Yeah. And I'm like, so here's, here's where I am with it, Alex. I'm like, it's totally a spot of joy because given where our courts are and given mm-hmm. Um, Thomas and Alito and some of the things that they had put out when we were talking about reproductive rights and, and the way that they like very much like started to dabble their little fingers into um, marriage equality. It's a good thing that this is coming through because it does take, it is a huge lift off my shoulders of fear of like, if this goes through, they really can't say they can't uh, deny our marriage that it exists and that we have the same rights and protections as other people when they get married. Sweet. Right. So it's like, yay. But then there's this realization that we have to do this. And I you're know. like, oh. it's the end. You, 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 I mean, you taught me that it's the end. It's the spot of joy. And really this, this, this shit's fucked up. Ridiculous. And I would just love to know how we're ruining the sanctity of marriage. <laughs> I mean, like the gays are ruining the sanctity of marriage. We have the best <laughs> weddings ever. Well, not only that, but before gay people were even allowed to be married, we were at more than a 50% divorce rate in this country mm-hmm. before you even let us all get married. So who's ruining the sanctity of marriage? Heterosexuals. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, it's, it's yay. And, but do you want to tell everybody about what kind of like sparked our idea for today because of the article that we were reading? Yes. So, um, forget Ch- Chasden. Chasden. Okay. I called him Chasden. I'm sorry. So Chasden. Or maybe it is Chasden. No, I think, yeah. Chasden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, boot, boot edge. Yes. Boot edge. Um, married to Pete, of course. And he wrote an article on medium.com. Um, about like the mundaneness or the, the, you know, what, why marriage means so much to him. And um, he titled it something else, but, 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 but but basically, you know, normalizing or just being like, this is what my marriage is. And this is why it means so much to me. And so if you haven't read his article, go to medium and read it. But I think it's just what you said. Like he beautifully puts out into this article, like, you know, here's what you're protecting. And then you read it and it is the most, and I, when I say boring, like it's not, I'm not being critical of him. I'm, I'm totally. saying like, he really just writes about the, the, the mundaneness of their everyday life and the just beauty and what a family looks like. Yeah. And so it's beautifully done the way that he did it. But some of the things that he puts in there is he's like, you know, cause they have twins mm-hmm. um, and he's writing about like the twins are, you know, and he sh- showed a little picture of like, you know, those, um, those like high chairs that like just sit on the yeah. counter, they like attached to the counter, not the bumbo we, seats. We Remember had those. The bumbos? Right. Yeah. I had those. Yeah. Not those, but like, yeah, it like attaches and it shows like this, the sippy cups and the, the bits of like food that kids throw everywhere. 
and you know, he's brushing the kids off to school and Pete's going to check a flight and mm-hmm. they're, they're just giving each other a kiss goodbye in the kitchen. And just like any other family. Yeah. So like, well, I don't know what these, like these people that are so against gay marriage, like, what do you think they think we're doing? I'm like, I guarantee you our house is not that exciting. It's not. <laughs> Like yesterday, like, what did we even do with our, in our gay marriage? What did we do that was so different than any other marriage? We baked gay cookies. <laughs> we watched gay movies. We did. <laughs> we drove in our gay car. <laughs> we did do all those things. We did. We did all those things while being gay. We ate gay food. <laughs> We wore, gay, we wore gay clothes. We wore gay clothes. We did get the best Christmas sheets ever, though. <gasps> Let's talk about joy fluffiness. Our bed right now is like a fluffy cloud of Christmas goodiness. Our, our bed was already a f- cloud of joy. And also just add on those Christmas sheets. We did. We found and they're beautiful and they're mm-hmm. perfect. And they they have little like little mittens and little sprigs of evergreen and and hats little and hats, candy yeah. canes. They are the cutest Christmas sheets I've ever seen. <laughs> and they're like fluffy. Mm-hmm. And then our comforter, our down comforters, fluffy. And so it's that's a yeah. So I, I don't know. And we have our rainbow. Gay? tree next to our bed that's definitely gay definitely gay our, our some of our christmas decorations are totally queer <laughs> and we tuck and roll we dive across the across the room to turn off the tree right, right, right before we go to bed well you do that yeah. that's like one of your special powers <laughs> is your tuck and roll like i'm not kidding listeners like so our our bedroom has this huge picture window in it. Yes. And then it has like two, uh, another window on either side of it. So our, one of our walls in our bedroom is all, is pretty much all glass. Mm -hmm. And we live, you know, we live in suburbia, so we've got neighbors and our Christmas lights are on and Alex doesn't like to sleep in any clothes. Why is that Alex? (laughs) Cause I'm a hot box. You're a hot box because it's, and you keep our bedroom at what temperature? Maybe 57. And sometimes I have seen Dr. J just shut it right now. (laughs) And I've seen you. And sometimes you've actually gone to bed with no clothes on and a beanie on your head. Uh, True story. (laughs) (laughs) So at night when I'm like, I have the sheets pulled up to my eyeballs and like all the things on and the Christmas lights on. And I'm like, Alex, we forgot to unplug the tree. You literally will jump out of bed naked and army crawl across the floor. (laughs) So nobody has to see you naked and unplug the tree. Yes. It's kind of funny, but that, that, I guess is a, that's a gay marriage that yeah. we shouldn't have the same right some, some joy. Uh, oh, that she's definitely not going to make a website for us now. No, but that's okay. So anyway, getting back to our article, oh, though, yeah, like yeah. what, what I loved is that he just spelled out, like our marriage is really not that different than anybody else's. Yeah. And I wrote down this quote, you know, from it and, um, you know, on top of like, um, well, here, I'll just, I'll just read the quote. Um, it's having the right to juggle it all with the person who makes you feel loved and supported amidst the chaos. And I guess, you know, shitty first draft, like we call it gay marriage because of all the bullshit that we have to deal with outside the marriage. It's not, it's not the, the people it's it's we're we're getting married because we love each other and we want to be together just like straight people Mm -hmm. and so like 
we're rocking it. We're building our families. We're having kids. We're going to school. We're doing our thing. And on top of all that shit, we're climbing through all the crap and the chaos that gets thrown at us every single day. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's yeah. And so I, I guess I really, I, I love the way that you said that, that, you know, our, our marriage is just, it's just marriage. It's not gay marriage. It's not, it's just marriage. That's our relationship. We married each other because we love each other and we wanted to build life together. Mm-hmm. I will tell you the chaos in our houses. It's definitely, I mean, we have four kids in this house. It's mm-hmm. the two of us. We have four kids. We have two dogs. My parents live three miles down the street. They're here. All of our friends come to our house all the time. Mm-hmm. We're you know best friends with the people that live across the street. They're here all the time with their dogs and their kids. I mean, our house is a bubble of, of joy and activity, like a lot of people's houses are. Mm-hmm. So why in the world should we have any less rights than anybody else? Why? And if you really, like, I, I just... This, this woman with the website and these justices and, and, you know, I think now it's like 70% of Americans are like, yeah, who the hell cares who you marry? Mm-hmm. But so that 30%, boy, do I ever scratch my head at them? Yeah. Cause our marriage isn't doing it's none of your business. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't impact you in any way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just <laughs> podcasting while my drinking dad. water. Whoops. Yeah. And you know, you're not in our, it's, it's so dumb. I don't even know why people care, but But they do, but they do, they do to take it all the way to the Supreme court because I, I mean, do they anchor it in? Well, you're not pro procreating in the, I mean, like, I don't know. It's really kind of, I mean, there's a bunch of, and, and, and so I don't want to, I don't want to sit here too long because it's just quite honestly, it's too fucking dark and our our podcast is, is normally about tapping into joy but this is a bias that has been ingrained in people that somehow homosexuality is linked to pedophilia is sexual deviancy. And that somehow we're like pushing a gay agenda. Like we're trying to recruit people into being gay, Mm -hmm. which spoiler alert, like you can't recruit me into being straight. So what in the world makes you think that I could recruit somebody into being gay? Like you feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to be able to convince you of that otherwise. And and also like, I'm not out there recruiting. <laughs> you do you, boo. You do you. If you want a hairy ass man pumping up on down on top <laughs> of you, like you go and get that. Yep. But I'm certainly not. How would you, how do you even recruit people to be gay? Do we like go to the mall and look for like really stylish, beautiful people? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That once again, the, the arrogance of that humans can think we can control other humans on how they feel. But we see are. that happen all the time that they try to convince people that they're heterosexual yeah. through conversion therapy, through, I don't know, going to our safe spaces and shooting them up. Like, you know, we see it all the time where they're trying to recruit us, but I don't recall any of us trying to recruit you. So who's the actual problem? Well, I think you, yep. <laughs> so there's some truth for you. Yeah. So in the note of, of this article though, and like all the things that are just like mundane, but actually joyous about being married, totally. do this... you want to, do you want to share some? Yes. And, and I, I, I want to say this too, like the mundane, like the simplest 
things are just bring the most joy. Yeah, they do. And it's, you know, we say like a healthy relationship is, is not chaos. It's not constant conflict. It's not arguing all the time. It's not, that doesn't mean that you're like, oh, we're so chemically. No, you're fucking dysfunctional. (laughs) If you're arguing, that's not so like this idea of what love and commitment really is. It is like a quiet, night i mean this is just my definition of course you know being on the couch watching a movie with you eating some good food our bed and some wine like Mm -hmm. perfect so here's like my question for you and then also like listeners i would i would love to know so that so i think and i'm just speaking for myself so like if this doesn't if you don't feel this way then that's fine but i get to feel the way that i want to feel and i have a microphone so <laughs> when before i had really like come to terms with just you know myself and and queerness and all this stuff i used to try to fill my life with happiness oh you know like i would look for things like oh i'm going to go on this trip i'm going to buy this thing i'm going to do this thing in my house i'm going to i was like such an overachiever of doing right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever it was to do chasing, I think I was chasing joy and happiness, Yeah, which to some extent, you know, we all have parts of life. Like you, you, you still are going to do that. But as I've gotten older and I think as I've gotten just like, you know, I came out and, and I'm, I'm really, really deeply, you know, in love with you and our family, I need to do less. Like, I don't need to do a whole lot of things to find joy because my life is just joyful. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just make that, that connection for myself that I was really, really trying to chase down happiness thinking, well, I'll get there someday. This'll make me happy. Yeah. Whether it was like, oh, I'll, I'll run a marathon. That's going to do it. Training for the marathon is going to make me happy or living in a big house or, you know, renovating this, um, ch- my career, like, oh, if I can just get to this space in my career and, and then just recognizing that really it was just that I wasn't being authentic to myself. And so therefore I could never really find happiness. Mm-hmm. Did you find that too? Yeah. I think one of the things that, that comes up is this acknowledgement, this realization that my, my, um, external world matched my internal world. Ooh, tell me more about that. So when you don't, you know, and, and the, and this is where we kind of go into, it's very, um, cliche and this word gets, you know, like healing, you know, we're all on this healing journey, but the amount of work it takes and you do it every day in your job, like you're essentially like helping heal people because you're helping them identify patterns, behaviors, um, biases, that's actually, creating, you know, over time, internal healing, which, Mm. you know, head, heart, hands, and then leads to healing. And so when your internal world is, is beginning to heal and be like, I'm going to really sit with myself and be with myself. And, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to um, eliminate the, my internal chaos going to the outside world Mm -hmm. and how much bravery and courage and um, energy it takes to, to kind of like shift those gears. Um, It just takes a lot because then we grow up, we grow up in chaos. And I mean, there's it depending on I'm kind of going down a different path, but, but the joy, you know, if you get 
taught by your parents. If they, if your parents, like my parents were the let's stay together for the kids kind of thing. Right. You know, they, they got divorced when I was 19. And so even though I said to them, um, um, you know, when I was nine, I'm like, why don't you just, just, you know, get divorced. Like you're clearly not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then I connect it to that happiness is just this kind of like external, like I'm going to do, like you were saying, I'm going to go run a marathon. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to get this car. And that will never create that internal calm joy that we have to really uh, work hard for. So, so, you know, those like questions that people will get you like, you know, you could totally, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Yeah. And like the thing I would tell my younger self is like, you are a hard worker, Kim you cannot hard work your way into happiness. Like you can't. Mm, Yeah. Like that's what I would probably go back. I I would tell myself two things. Number one, you're going to be okay. And number two, you can't hard work yourself into happiness. Like you just have to be yourself and sit in it. Um, I definitely am one of those people that I had internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I say internalized homophobia, like you can, you can have internalized transphobia, you can have internalized racism. And that is where you're in a dominant culture that is constantly teaching you, right. That only white, straight, Anglo-Christian, um, heteronormative culture, white is the dominant, it's the good and everything else that's compared, compared to it is less than, And so what happens to people over time is they start believing those messages Mm -hmm. and then you, you believe them about yourself. That's internalized racism, transphobia, um, homophobia. So I had that, right. I had, I had, you know, knew that I was, um, you know, a part of the queer community, but because I had been hearing so much from dominant culture of how queerness was so bad, I had internalized that phobia and believed that I was wrong. There was something wrong with me, right? That's what, that's what happens, which is also why I'm so passionate about doing this podcast, because I, I really wish that I could, um, I wish I could go back to my younger self and say, like, you don't have to believe these things that people are saying about you. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can't hard work your way out of it. I was the hardest working straight person you would ever meet (laughs) trying to find happiness. And really it was the only happiness I found was that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. And I'm just going to deal with the shit storm. That's going to come at me for it. And I'm going to be okay. And I am. Yeah. I got a couple like knocked around a few times, but I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm hell of a lot happier than I was before. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard when we, you know, we have to teach ourselves to be vulnerable, like in that we didn't have caregivers that that, that taught us how to do that, you know? Well, and I guess that's a, that's, you know, an interesting thing to think about is like, how, how is it that my parents didn't know how to like, how, cause this is a, this is not something I learned from them. This was something that I had to, you know, go off on my, on my own and learn. And so how am I number one, teaching my kids to do that? Yeah. Right. So that you don't have to believe the things that everybody says that you are, you, you actually get to just be who you are and that's perfectly perfect, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, how did I not get that message? Because my parents probably didn't give it to themselves is my guess. Yeah. Even though my parents are amazing. Yeah. You just get to this place in your life. Where you're like, well, I'm, I'm not mad about what happened. It's just more like it was what it was. And I'm, we're, you're, I, I know how to do the work now. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think when I look at my, my mom, especially now, my mom is like, she, she's like, I don't give a fuck. She, she <laughs> I love it. You guys met my mom on here. She's like, I, here's what I want to say. Preach <laughs> <laughs> mom. Um, the other thing I wanted to um, note was that because I, I think when things like club Q happen, 
and you have this idiot woman that's going all the way to the Supreme Court, the fear of um, going back in a closet is so strong. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing I was reading um, someone else's words, and I'm kind of, I I don't want to say like I'm stealing them because, you know, they, they sparked, which is what writers do. They spark for you to, to, to hear their story and then take it in and apply it as you will. And so one of the things I was reading was this person was saying, you know, that when they looked at their circle of hetero friends, they recognized that a lot of their hetero friends were having a really hard time dealing with like when little things in life didn't go well, <laughs> like really little things. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they couldn't handle it. Like the resilience just wasn't the resilience just isn't there because yeah. they were so used to life, just going their way all the time without having any like real, um, Real, real mountains to climb, I guess. Yeah. And it's not to like say social that, adversity. Yeah. Like they just face no social adversity. And so then when they do have to face something like they basically fall apart, their resiliency, they just like crumbled and would fall apart. Mm-hmm. And so the queer person was writing about this being like, well, hell I've, I've fucking love that. I'm so resilient. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't really sweat. Like if something's not going to go right, because I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah, because I have the resiliency of other things I've gotten through and they were just watching their straight friends. Like you're seriously falling apart over this. Try something real here. Hold my drink, right? <laughs> hold my pride flag. Hold my pride flag. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I go decorate another window. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, I go make the world more beautiful. Yeah. But that to me was a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting article to read because I, I applied it to my own life and I thought, yeah, you could pretty much throw anything at me and I'm still going to be standing. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a way for me as a queer person, I taught myself to like open up my veins. What does that mean? Cause like, I guess, um, I guess on that note of, oh, I didn't read the article that, you, yeah. you know, but, but just, it speaks about, about, building the resilience and, and through adversity, like, well, I got to be vulnerable if I'm going to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what do you think that d- that did for you being as vulnerable as you are? What did it give you? I think, um, I, I love the song by Sia, uh, elastic heart. Oh, I love that song. So, you know, the, the lyrics are, I've got thick skin and, and uh, an elastic elastic heart. So I had, you know, for years people telling me, well, you're this and you're that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm actually not. And I vowed to, I, for whatever reason or another, it was really important to me to stay soft. And, um, because I knew it would keep me real and I want to keep being honest with myself. Uh, so I could be honest with other people. And I didn't want to become like hard and craggy and mean and like alone. I already felt alone. I'm like, what if I keep like boxing myself up, I'm going to stay alone. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be alone. I love people. I love myself. I just don't quite understand right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the hits. And I know that if I let my heart break, it's actually going to make me a lot stronger and more open. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you are, um, you are probably, you are just one of the kindest, kindest people and you're incredibly generous, but you definitely do a good job of keeping boundaries with folks that, um, you know, 
you are not as giving as I, I think when I had met you, you had said a lot of like, Oh, I'm an open book. Like I'll give anybody anything. Yeah, the more I'll the just merrier. be open, the more the merrier. And as you've gotten more resilient and more, I think assured of who you are, you don't do that anymore. Yeah. I think what I've learned along the way is that, um, I can be an empathetic, all of us, we can be empathetic, kind people and be badass motherfuckers and be like, because we're, because we're all, we're all just made up of energy and it's not about keeping somebody away from, it's about valuing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I lived a long time, not valuing myself, not you know, loving who I am. I'm like, I will never betray myself again. Mm. And if you have energy that is, feels slightest bit harmful, I'm out. Yeah. You're, you, you definitely will tell me like Kim, nope, not that person, <laughs> not that person. They can't come. I'm like, okay. but also in the same <laughs> but note, you're very good at reading it. Yeah. At the same note though, I don't want to get so rigid with that, that it becomes where I'm not allowing like some kind of transaction to happen. Right. So I, you've taught, you've helped kind of like soften some of that for me. Like, well, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a I flow there. There is a flow there, but I think where you're worried about being too rigid, I'm worried I'm going back into my old people pleasing mode. Mm. So I think we're more than likely just you know, listen. It's Week just another reason why we're such a great couple <laughs> in our gay marriage. Um, but I think that there's a balance between that because I can definitely feel where I'm like, oh, but I'm supposed to be nice and and, and loving to everybody, and truthfully, I'm not. I'm I'm really not. Like I I. I don't really care anymore. Yeah. That being said, and I know you and I have talked about this before. I cannot stand when people were, they put on that whole thing of like, well, I give zero fucks. Like, <laughs> is there ever been a phonier thing for people to say mm -hmm. it, you know, and I'm going to say, let's just, let's just put, I give zero fucks in the same place that people put the live, laugh, love signs on their walls. <laughs> it's that it's the, that filled my bucket. Live, laugh, love. What's your one? The one that you can't stand. Good vibes only. Oh, good, good. The fucking fitness world is there. Good vibes only. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> if you're good vibes. Oh, <sighs> yeah, like I want to go to a smash room mm -hmm. and like put all those things that people put on their walls in their houses. Like all of those are on their sweatshirts or whatever. And I wanted somebody to hand me the, 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 what is it thing? Like from, from, Generation Q, what are those things called where they just smash everything? A sledgehammer. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. And I want to like sledgehammer them. I mm -hmm. hate those things. If you are walking around saying, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks of me, you are full of shit. And that's actually not a good thing. You do care. Yeah. And you should care. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people like, I do actually care what they think of me. Doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to change who I am, but I genuinely am concerned about you know, are they getting what they need from me? Am I a good friend? Am I a good daughter? Am I a good wife? Am I a good mother? Am I a good colleague? Yeah. I do care what you think. I, I can't stand these people that walk around saying, I give zero fucks and wearing it like a badge of honor. Yeah. That is not a good thing. Yeah. No. And I agree because I speak from experience of like, I, I think I was that person for a long time where like, you know, I don't, I don't care what you think. And I was so dis so detached and so disconnected from who, from who I was. And I put on this, like, you know, and it's so, um, 
and then being like, oh, I actually really do care like a lot. And, and, um, I'm still going to actually be, I'm, I'm going to finally be who I am and I'm going to care and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. But that good vibes only shit. Oh my God. Nope. I, oh no, no. Good vibes only live, laugh, love. You fill my bucket. <laughs> what are some of the other ones that people put the and they, and you, and like these, these people decorate their homes with it. Well, can we just name where it's coming from? Where's it the going? suburban moms? <laughs> <laughs> they go to Hobby Lobby and, are, and then they, they look at the wall of words and they think this is going to really pull my design aesthetic. I together. mean, Hobby Lobby might as well have an aisle that says we hate gay people. <laughs> well, I think they do. It's written in their policies <laughs> exactly. when you sign their handbook. <laughs> Anti-LGBTQ love. But they, but I, and this is the thing, like this woman that like won't do the designs for like the gay couples. I'm like, sweetie, <laughs> like queer people are known, known for like always appreciating a really beautiful aesthetic, mm -hmm. right? Like that's one of the stereotypes about us. That's absolutely fucking true. Uh -huh. We have beautiful taste. We are, a, we're huge fans of like beauty and aesthetics and making things nice. Cause we're creative. Or because we give ourselves the freedom to creatively try stuff that's outside of a norm. Like there's a whole bunch of reasons, you know, like, but they always joke around like queer people are really beautiful. Yes. Because we give a shit about our beautiful aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Fuckers. Slay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a thing for a reason. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, but I mentioned it. So I'm like, maybe we can talk about it a little bit, but like generation Q is back on. Yes. Which if you don't know what we're talking about, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. So yeah. L word generation Q is the new L word where some of the characters from the first part of the series are back for the second. What do you think so far? We're like three episodes in. There's not enough sex. Really? Yeah. They hooked us in with the first two seasons, right? Was it two oh, seasons? There was one a season? lot of sex in it, but there's been sex in every there's episode. There was a lot of good, like, like longer scenes. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, because <laughs> you don't get to see it very often. And it's kind of like on par with the way it really, it really does go. Yeah. And it's, that's true. They do do accurate queer sex. Yeah. So it's really cool. And I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the, 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 the season right now is there's a lot going on. And it's not so, so we basically start watching because it's like a lesbian soap opera, mm -hmm. which, because I love a good soap opera. Yeah. What was your soap opera back in the day? Oh, um, well, I watched Beverly Hills 90210. Well, <laughs> I could talk forever about Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> that was, that was my, I, I've watched that entire 10 year thing like twice through because I love it so much. Oh, wow. Who was your favorite on 90210, the original? Didn't you love Kaylee, Kelly Taylor? I did. Were you team Kelly or team Brenda? Brenda annoyed me. Yeah, she was kind of a killjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Brandon maybe just because I wanted to look like him. You do kind of look like him now. <laughs> like now that you say that, you kind of have that like swoopy hair thing and you green. Didn't he have green eyes too? He did. He wore like the cuffed, you know, t-shirts with the jeans and the boots. and the... Yeah, he was. He was definitely cute. Yeah. He wasn't like, like, I love Luke Perry. Mm -hmm. I loved Dylan McKay. I loved everything about Dylan McKay. Um, 
I, I was definitely team Kelly. Brenda, Brenda sucked. I hated Brenda. Like that whole season where she all of a sudden became like an animal activist and got herself thrown in jail. Was like, oh, I forgot about that. I was like, let her sit there and burn. I hated her. I couldn't stand Brenda. Donna, eh, whatever. Oh, she was forgettable. She was like, they never gave her anything good except for she was like, I'm a virgin. She, that girl was a virgin forever. That was, that's why I remember it. Cause her and Brian Austin Green were like the whole, you know, their David whole storyline. David and Donna, they're going to, are they going to sleep together? Are they not? Who the fuck cares? Well, I remember then David went and like slept with the, the A&R rep for some music label and he got crabs. Oh, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sad day. And then, you know, Donna definitely wasn't going to sleep with them. She wasn't going <laughs> to risk getting crabs, Ugh. right? Like not only was she like a good Catholic girl that didn't want to like burn in internal hell, she definitely didn't want to do it with itchy pubic area. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I freaking loved 90210. Yeah. But did you have like an after school? Like, did you, cause my sister and I would like rush home to see general hospital. Oh, I would, we would watch over the summertime. Um, the days of our lives. Was that the one with like, what was his name? Romano? R yes. Romano. And it was a Stefano. Stefano. Hope, Hope and Bo. See, I know these names, but I didn't watch days of our lives. Um, we just watched it in the summertime with the, like with the neighborhood kids. But during the school year, I didn't pay attention to soap operas at all. I watched like Family Matters and Cosby Show and Growing Pains and shit like that. The, the good shit. Yeah. So I, I watched all those things too. My sister and I loved, loved, loved General Hospital. Okay. And then my crew through college, we all love General Hospital. This is when you had a VCR and you would actually tape shit. Yeah. That's how deep we were in with Sonny Corinthos. He's like the best character ever, ever, hands down in a sofa. So opera. you were like, like doing the timer, like the program button. Yeah. My okay. friend Jamie, like she was, you know, but we all were obsessed with General Hospital. We all loved it. And so we would do that and we would watch 90210 together. Like this was, this was the thing, right? You, cause you all got together to watch shit on TV because you didn't have it on demand. Mm -hmm. So you had to like show up and watch it. Yeah. Which was so fun. If you go and look up Hope and Bo from Days of Our Lives. Did um, you want to be Bo? Well, and, and there could be a resemblance between you and Hope. <laughs> Oh, is she like a darker girl? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the Carmen thing. Like it's I have a I, I guess I have a you got a type. I, don't I married you? my dream girl. See, I I think I married my dream human too. <laughs> Although it occurred to me because I was maybe a little bit obsessed with um, Abby Wambach, oh. and I love her, and I love Megan Rapino. Yeah. Or Rapino, how does she pronounce it? Either way. And you look exactly, you look like a really good looking version of both of them. Not that they're not beautiful, they are, but you're just, you're extraordinary. Well, thank you. Too. Hey. Hey. Okay, but back to Avenue, Avenue yes. um, uh, Generation Q. Q. So you feel like there's not enough queer sex in it. I could go for more of that, but I, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really enjoying the storyline. I'm just, I'm on edge. What's going to happen next? We won't spoil it for you. Well, of course we're going to spoil it. We got to talk oh, about one, but we got to uh, talk oh. about Shane. Oh, Shane. I'm so mad at Shane right now. Because I feel like Shane is the entry point for like most straight women who watch it because they all fucking love Shane. Yes. And Shane just keeps repeating the trauma and the chaos. Shane is a womanizer. And I'm like, grow up, yo. 
Shane is a total womanizer. Yep. So Shane, if, if seriously, if you are going to watch it, like just like pause us here for a few minutes because I am going to spoil it. So Shane, and this is your warning, get out now, get out, get out, get out, get out. Okay. <laughs> so Shane, who's been with Tess now for like an entire like season, mm-hmm. right? They're all like up in each other's junk. They love each other. Yeah. Kissy face, moving they, in together, yeah. doing a business Hot together. sex in the hallway. They do have, they had good sex scenes. They did. You liked their sex scenes. Yeah. The hand down the pants. I was like, fucking love that. <laughs> you loved it. I did. You would, you would watch it. Well, we won't tell everybody what you, every time you watch it, I'm like, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, but, but they, they're cheating on Tess again. I'm like, yeah. Shane, what are you doing? And you see it build for like a, like an episode and a half. And it's like, Shane, no, you're just watching the train wreck. I am watching the train wreck. And here's the thing. Shane's like, gotta be what? Like 55 at this point. <laughs> I'm like Shane, this look is getting old. Like you're supposed to be a responsible, like elder of the community at this point. I know. I wonder how 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 Catherine is it Monig? Yeah, who plays Shane? Is I don't like... know. She's got a Facebook fan page that I'm on. Oh, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I did not know that. Hashtag secrets in your marriage. <laughs> It's listen, it's how I get spoiler alerts for the show. That's, that's why I'm on it. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's so anyway, but one of the funny things that they did do is they, they show, and I was dying laughing at it, but they, they did like a little like magic mic thing with, with Shane and then with Finley, who I'm sorry, Finley, you're not hot. Like they're not hot. Mm -mm. They're trying to make them into like this trans mask hot person. And I'm like, no, I kind of wonder real quick if they're going to make, if, 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 if Finley is going to transition. I don't I mean, maybe, maybe, but they dropped some gender nuggets. Oh, what were some of the gender nuggets? They um, dropped? Um, a couple things here and there. They would, she talked about her name and then it was like a passing comment in the, in the, in the script of like, um, I'm, I'm confused about my gender kind of thing. Well, I was aren't like, we, well aren't we? maybe we're going to, we're going to take, take Finley down the case. Okay, so, so he, they just, came out of rehab. Yes. They're and, now sober. Yay. Finley. And like, yay no more Finley. peeing in people's hallways. Yeah. Yay. And they're flopping all over the place. And now they're gonna be like, Oh, I'm trans. Ah, who knows? I mean, I could see it. And I think, you know, I do wish that we had more non-binary part, um, people in, yeah. in stuff because it's, you know, somebody that's not going to adhere to, because th- listen, I love our trans brothers and sisters, but it's still showing a binary. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have characters that are, are outside of the binary. Mm-hmm. I think that would be super cool to watch that. Not yeah. and not just because I lived it as a partner, but there's not a whole lot of non-binary characters out there. No. And what's the what's that show? The politician. Oh my god, I loved that show. A non-binary human played James, but James used he/him pronouns. So a non-binary person played a person who used he/him pronouns. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't acknowledge the non-binariness in the show um yeah that feels like a missed opportunity totally yeah because i was like looking at i'm looking at the actor i'm like that person is non-binary like i just knew who they were yeah and then they it but you know yeah so i did have one of these moments when we were watching the l word where it's like one of those moments like it's almost like when you see macaulay culkin now oh and you're like oh shit i'm that old 
Right. And I had one of those moments because one of the love interests for Alice is Joey Lauren Adams, who was in like a ton of movies in the nineties. I freaking loved her. She was like somebody, which, you know, she's like a fair skinned green eyed person like you, but she's like, she's pretty femme, Yeah, but she's in it. And I'm like, why is she old? Like what happened? And I'm like, right. Because we're all fucking old. (laughs) Fuck this shit. It is. It's like when you do, it is for me when I see Macaulay Culkin now and I'm expecting to see an eight-year-old and he's mm-hmm. like 40 fucking five. Yeah. How old is he? <laughs> he's a little bit younger than us, I think, but how, not seriously? by much. I think he's, he's in his forties though. Yeah. Like how I think messed he's pro- up is that? Yeah. He's probably about 40. Yeah. I wonder what that's like for him. Cause do you think people always meet him and they're like, shit, I'm that old. And he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Or they are yelling Come ahead! at him. No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Well, this turned into a fun episode. It did. Do we do we want to really quick say one of our our let's, our let's things? Each do, let's each say in in honor of Chasden's article. Yes. Let's pick, each pick one mundane but beautiful part of our life, and then we'll and then we'll send a message to our listeners, and then we'll be out. Okay. Okay. You, you want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. Well, here's um. See, because Alex is going to blow me out of the water because they're really good at this shit and I suck at it. Okay. <laughs> you are. That's, that's <laughs> not true. Okay. Um, so I'll start with this one because it, it just, it's a lot of joy. So post dinner in yeah. the kitchen. Oh yeah. Um, the kids are buzzing around. They're either helping or they're trying to get out of helping. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Um, and we got music on and you and I are, we're doing the dishes. We're telling kids what to do. We're dancing. Oh, it's we're usually just, listening. To, we always have music on and dancing. Yeah. yeah we it's do. like normal shit, but it's just, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. That is a really good mundane, but like really fun part of our life. Cause then, the, yeah, it's like, cause what always is floating around is that our kids have a two loving parents who are, it's the energy in the home. It's, it doesn't matter whether you're straight or gay, like it's the energy in the home. Yeah. Our, the energy in our home is definitely very, very, very over the top loving. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So if I, if I can, I, I'm going to just pick one, yes. one, one. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm just going to, we're just going to do one. And then maybe what we'll do is over the next couple of weeks while, while we're trying to get our resiliency back, we'll, we'll keep sharing some, right? It'll be like an advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you get a piece of chocolate. <laughs> for telling us your thing. Go ahead. (laughs) Give you some chocolate later on. Okay. (laughs) Dude, my parents listen to this. He's fine. So who cares? He's fine. Um, Okay. So I I think probably my favorite thing is that you have voices. (laughs) This is like a mundane, like a little normal thing, but like, and you do Rosie's voice. I do. So Rosie listeners is my dog that I've had for, um, for six, seven years. She's, she's seven. Yeah. She's seven years old, but I got her when she was one Mm -hmm. and she is like this little mutt of a dog and she's my world. She's attached to Kim's body. I love this dog. Yeah. I love this dog. There's obviously, there's a lot of conversation about Rosie's real age. It's all bullshit. She's seven. (laughs) She's going to be just listen. She's seven. She's going to be eight in February. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so my favorite thing is that Alex can impersonate all the animals in the house (laughs) and does it in this way that is just so funny and so spot on. And so I love that you are such a silly, you're such a silly person. 
Um, but you tap into that joy, even when it's impersonating a dog. <laughs> let's just, let's just, I want to remind the listeners that, that Rosie could, could like totally murder someone and Kim would be like, you must've been having a hard day. <laughs> Well, listen, she's a survivor. She is a survivor. She's a survivor. Kim. She's a survivor. That's her voice. She's been through so much. And so if she had to murder someone, she's got her reasons. I did. Anyway, yes. but I love, so. the, I love the silliness and joy that you bring to our lives by impersonating all the animals, especially <laughs> Rosie. She it's, I have, I get a lot of, I have a lot of fun doing it. You just, well, you're just right a now. very fun person. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wrap us up. Okay. We have a teenager that's staring at us through the glass. Okay. Wall. Hi teenager. All right. Balls of magic. Thanks. Thank you so We're much wrapping. for listening today. Go check us out on how to be queer podcast at gmail.com. You can check us at Instagram, Facebook. I have no idea. Any of these things, the TikToks. TikTok at Alex, the human human or Kim Salagio one Oh one. I'm never on my TikTok account, so she's really good at it. Though that would be that would be Juliet. That would be Juliet. Um, and then you can also go to our our website that we more recently launched, howtobequeer.com. If you're interested in any inquiries, sharing your stories, comments, experiences, we want to hear from you. So, thanks again, Balls of Magic, for listening, and we love you. Bye. Bye, Bye. for now. Bye bye.